0: You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. It is remarkable the amount of time and energy that we put into trying to be people who remember things better. I was blown away this week because I was kind of researching um, this in our culture. I mean, you can take classes. There are gurus and experts out there that will help you uh, with your mind and being able to create associations so that your memory can just skyrocket. I mean, we have pills and all sorts of stuff that you can take, you know, focus factor kind of stuff to help you remember. You know, our tendency to forget it's something we're all very much aware of, and we, we, it bothers us, and so often we try to do things about it. Uh, if you're like me this week, you have these reoccurring thoughts of, I have three thoughts of everywhere I go. Where are my keys? Where's my phone? And where's my wallet? Right? And, um, and I'm always trying to make sure I remember those three things. When I leave that house, when I leave somewhere, when I leave work, do I have the three things? And I've figured out how to, to trigger my memory to do that. And it's, it's probably questions you've asked yourself this week where are my keys? Uh, maybe some of you have, have asked yourself, what was I looking for in the refrigerator again? Are you there yet? I don't know that I'm quite there yet, but I know it's coming, so that's, a, that's okay, but oftentimes you get to the refrigerator and you're like, I don't remember what I came to eat, there's, there's something. many, um, you know, what is that person's name, I'm trying to remember that, it's, it's a, my uncle was a, uh, my uncle had a nationwide uh, radio program, he traveled a lot, met thousands of people, um, and he just, it was too many. It was, it was overwhelming to him. And so he tried to figure out little ways to remember people's names because that's, that's important, right? We all have a name, and in your name is, and so he had figured out this little uh, thing he would do is when he saw somebody that he recognized the face but didn't remember the name, he'd be like, hey, man, great to see you. He said, now how do you spell your name again? And that way he could remember their name and act like he knew their name. It worked great uh, for a long time until that one day, that one guy, that big burly guy that looks at him when he does that to him with disgust and says, B-O-B. How do you not know how to spell Bob? Right? and the gig was up he was found out he didn't remember but we're always trying to to remember things um, i thought it was funny just coming through christmas so this is one if you're a parent you know this like this is uh, this was kind of a this was a gift somebody gave that they gave batteries instead of the toy you know because how many times have I even growing up experienced this but then even in Christmas time this year we've bought the toy we've got the thing and we open it up it's Christmas Day and they're like hey I want to do this and hey where's the batteries like oh man. And it's Christmas, right? No one's open, so you have to wait a day before they can even do their toy because we just forget. And I, I thought that was amusing. I also had this picture that was just funny to me that some, some guy was driving a truck of tomatoes and he forgot to close the door. So <laughs> that, um, that's uh, that's true story, real life. Um, not something you want to forget, right? Forgetting is powerful, and it, it's terrible when we do forget. Um, my mom's mom, my grandma, uh, lived to be in her uh, early 80s. But about the age of 63, she started to develop dementia. And for the next 15 years, it, the, the, the struggle and the trial of living with someone you love, of knowing someone you love, someone who has impacted your life, and they're healthy on so many ways, and yet they look at you and there's an empty light in their eyes. There's no recognition. They ask you over and over, now who did you say you were? It's a terrible thing, right? I honestly think it's one of the hardest things that we deal with in our culture now is Alzheimer's and dementia. The, 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 when you lose your ability to remember, it's so tough and we try so hard to push this back. You know, as we're starting the series in Philippians chapter 3, the premise of the series is that all of us are on journey with Christ. This is kind of one of those six-week series where I'm reminding you, as Paul did last week, one thing you got to get. One thing. One thing. Don't miss the journey. You were designed. I was created. We were, we were made to walk in relationship with God himself. That is the primary purpose of our life. And, and so often we, can, we have all these other things that we're trying to live into and accomplish and do and reach. And all the while we miss that the purpose, God's purpose every day for you and I is to walk with him through that day. Everything else will take its shape. Everything else will start to, to flow. And, and we'll figure out purpose and identity and all those things is as we walk in relationship with God. You know, there's sometimes I preach things and I realize that that in the room there are people who they've already went through this or they're never going to go through this or you know it's only a certain people that are wrestling with this and and uh, but today in this series this next six weeks uh, we're talking about something that is that's us it's every one of us it is the design and purpose of God. To be on journey with Christ, to have a vibrant relationship with him. We, we talk about it in this way. We use the word walk, right? A walk with Christ. And Paul talked about that in Philippians chapter 3. He talks about his own walk with Christ. He shares things that he's realized in his walk with Christ that are absolutely essential for it to be vibrant and healthy and ongoing and consistent, And so we understand that as God is inspiring him to write this to a group of people then it's actually for all of us all the time the eternal word of God and so it's like okay Paul you figured it out and I want to see what it is that I need to know about how to stay in this vibrant relationship with Jesus that's what we're trying to unpack this blueprint of Paul it's it's like it's a little bit of his autobiography his spiritual autobiography in chapter 3 of Philippians he kind of talks about his past for 11 verses he talks about his present he visits his future and it's all about 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 him being on journey with Christ, and it's a blueprint. For us to understand what our journey should look like, let's dive back in and read these verses again that we're using uh, to set the template. These six phrases that are in these three verses that we're grabbing a hold of. He says, "Not that I've already attained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal." That's that's we're going to take a week and talk about that. Being on journey with Christ and living with Christ is to have this um, ability to understand that every day is a new day. It's a fresh. Day. It's not like you reach a goal and you're done and that's it. And you're like, okay, I'm looking for something else, or there's something. It's like he lived. Paul, the apostle, the guy who helped shape the the world that even we even live with through the power of the Spirit, lived every day thinking, I haven't arrived. I've not attained. This journey is new and it's fresh, and it's got new victory and it's got new experiences. And that's he says, but I press on. He's going to say this twice. Such a key understanding. I press on. It's this idea of perseverance. This is a common theme in the New Testament that that God is wanting to create in his people the ability to persevere. Good old-fashioned grit. Grit. That God is creating in our hearts this grit of character. That good, bad, ugly, indifferent, we just stick with him. He always sticks with us, but we stick with him. I press into this. I persevere. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters... I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Again, but one thing I do. That's what we talked about last week. Don't miss the journey. One thing, one thing. Forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so in the second week of these six phrases, we're going to unpackage that, that phrase, forgetting what is behind. I want you to think about this. When it comes to forward motion, our bodies tend to move automatically toward the place where our eyes are directed. It's always a good thing, right? Like you should look, have you heard this before? Look where you're going. Kind of thing. That's how we're constructed. A runner um, uh, who keeps turning his back to see what is behind him is, is open to all sorts of risk. All sorts of bad things can happen. That's why every track and cross-country coach that's worth its salt has said, if you've done any of these things, that your eyes have to be ahead and you don't need to be looking back. And you see, it's understanding this and his own life and journey that Paul urges us to grab a hold of, to stay in constant, vibrant relationship with Jesus. There is this this thing, this reality that we need to do, to choose to do, and that's not dwell or live in our past, but keep our posture moving forward. It's like he, in this verse... Forgetting what is behind and then straining toward what is ahead. It's like this do and this don't, uh, this negative, this positive, this good news or this bad news. It's good news and bad news. How many of you, first service was terrible with this. Please participate. How many of you, if somebody comes in and says, I got good news and bad news, how many of you want to hear the bad news first? Thank you. You're my people. I got to know the bad news first. I just can't, I'm too anxious, like I gotta know. How many want the good news, right? Oh, I'm a bunch of liars now. <laughs> like, it's good news, bad news, and that's kind of what Paul does here. Here's a thing I want you to do, and you're gonna be like, oh, that doesn't sound too fun. And then there's this straining toward, and it's like, okay, I wanna do that. I, I wanna grab a hold of what that means. And so we wanna understand a little bit what it means to say forgetting what is behind. Think with me again of walking or running. When you look behind, there are a number of things that become very likely. It throws off your steps and you slow down. You lose your cadence, your rhythm. If you look behind often, you're at risk very likely of losing your balance and you can fall. When you look behind, you lose momentum. Like, that's why in a sprint, a 100-yard dash, you don't look anywhere but the finish line. Because the minute you turn, your body just, you lose momentum. Oftentimes, if you turn around and look behind you, if maybe somebody's gaining on you, you begin to lose confidence and you panic. And you do all sorts of things that are not healthy. Uh, Somebody in first service, uh, we have a guy in our church who runs. Uh, he's actually run 100 miles before. That is insane. And I'm pretty sure God never intended us to do that. That's incredible. I'm, I'm joking. Like, he was like, I'm not sure you're qualified to talk about running because you don't run. Because he keeps trying to get me to run with him. I'm like, I'm not running with you. Like, I'm good for three miles. Like, you're going to run 50 I'm not going with you, but like, if you understand running or even walking, uh, I've told you that Nicole and I have, have gotten into to hiking. We enjoy picking a place to go. It's beautiful. It's, it's just God's creation, and, and we'll go and hike for a couple days. I've learned even just walking on the trail as a novice hiker, um, it's not really a good idea to look back. It's just not um there's all sorts of things most of the trails you walk on there's not unlike life there's there's roots there's stones it's not smooth and man if you're looking back you're just waiting to crash um obviously when we walk these trails a lot of times it's it's uh, mountains it's walking and um there's, it's not a straight line up the mountain. Life's not a straight line, right, either? I got all these analogies, man. It's, it's been good for me. But, um, like, you know, you're going up the mountain. There's turns. And I can tell you that if I'm looking back and preoccupied with what's behind me, um, it could be a matter of time before I walk straight and the trail turns. And there's often times that that means a 500-foot drop to my death. Right? I've learned enough, we should know enough that looking behind just it's not what we were created to do to to be on when we're on a, a journey. Um, now he says the positive is, is to strain forward. we're going to take a week to talk about that, but I want you to understand that Paul is. He's using this word that was that was used in athletics then. Paul does this. He, he has four favorite things he goes to, analogies. He, he likes to talk about being a soldier, right? He likes to talk about being a farmer, so we understand spiritual application in our spiritual life, being a farmer, being a soldier, um, being a builder, building a house. And he does an athlete. He, he repeatedly refers to, to athletics. I like to think that he might have shown up for the... Olympic games back then and and you know maybe not but he seems to have enjoyed that and thought about that and and he's saying listen he uses this word that in the chariot races they used to race chariots right and you would have the animal the horse and you would be on this chariot flat and you, your feet and you grabbed a hold and man you had to like posture like this and lean forward and if you didn't if you started to go like this i mean you're swerving you're losing your balance he says that our lives should be lived like this with Jesus. And when we start to do this, it becomes a problem in our life. Um, and so, I want us to understand what it means to forget. Forgetting is a loaded concept. I'm very conscious of the fact that when I speak about things like this, the experiences that live in this room are far beyond what I can even imagine. I I would tell you this, I wanna be very balanced and sane, I wanna be scriptural, obviously biblical, and I'm not on shaky ground here. Do you realize the Bible never says this phrase, forgive and forget? Is that news to you? Because we've always grown up with that. Well, just forgive and forget. Some of you are like, really? It's hard enough to forgive, let alone to try to forget it? And I want to sit here for a moment because I have, I have personally walked beside people and talked to people and they've, they have tremendous amounts of guilt and struggle because they, they've reached a point where they maybe been able to forgive somebody, forgive themselves, or forgive somebody. But they feel like somehow this forgive and forget is the place where um, they, if they can get there, then they've reached everything God has for them. And so they're just defeated all the time because maybe they've went through a very traumatic thing and they've come to a place where they've been willing to say, God forgave me, I'll forgive them. I'm not going to hold it against them any longer. But there's times in their life where those memories flash back. It affects them like sometimes emotionally, just like memories. And, and they're like, oh, I must not be very spiritual. I must not be like where God wants me. I, listen, the scriptures, when it talks about this, there is no forgive and forget. Okay? The fact that you remember... Your bad decisions, the stupid things you've done that you wish you could take back, that you just, ugh, or the things that have been done to you. Like the fact that you haven't completely erased them from your memory doesn't mean that you're not obeying God's word here. I don't want us to preach a message where people are just like, well, I'll never get there. Forget it. Forget it. No pun intended. Right? Right? Paul is, is, the way this is written and understanding what it means to forget is we are not a computer. You don't just clear our hard drive out, okay? That's just not, that's why Paul talks about in other places like we walk in this world and we wrestle with the flesh and the spirit at times. We, we wrestle, it's not like, pfft. Now you're just a whole new thing and you do these things and it's like you don't even think or you don't even struggle with anything and you're like, your hard drive's been erased and now it's been reformatted with something else. That's an ongoing process. We are not computers. Forget here is the intentional, the intentional decision to leave it behind. And this is what I mean. It means that we do not let the weight of our own past failures, regretful things, sinful behaviors, and bad decisions, mistakes and judgment, hold us back from moving forward. We do not dwell on them or allow them to define us. We acknowledge them, we learn from them, and we use them as ways to be motivated in the future, but we do not sit in them And are not defeated by them. Am I making sense? Forget is to leave behind. Forget is to not never think of it again. I mean, Paul himself, in his own autobiography, think about his life. He had the good, the bad, and the ugly. He writes about the ugly. He didn't forget like never thought of it again, race from his memory, and that's the, only, that's the spiritual life that God wants. He writes about it. He's, if that's forgetting, then he's violating his own, his own command here because he talks about his former life. What he means by forget is he had left it behind. Think about Paul himself. He was determined to leave behind the form of lay of life he had. He was not going to let it define who he was. It wasn't going to be, well, I mean, think about what he did. Paul was originally known as Saul. Saul's life was pretty checkered. I mean, honestly, in today's world, he could have been incriminated. Uh, uh, he could have been charged with, with uh, uh, murder, helping in murder, felicit- uh, f- felicitating, facilitating murder. Like, he was a part of leading the persecution of the church. He's there at the stoning of Stephen, this one that was one of the first disciples of Jesus. Paul's, like, in the middle of that. I'm not sure what your history here is, but I would venture to say there's not too many ex-murderers in the room today, right? No one's going to admit that, right? No one's raising their hand, up. me. I've done hard time for 30 years. Glad to be here. If you have, great to see you. But it's not normally our like story, right? I mean, this guy had some bad decisions, some things that he probably could have beat himself up the rest of his life about. The things that he could have said, well, this is who I've been. I'm not qualified to be anything else. I don't deserve to be anything else. And yet, he has left behind this lifestyle. He did not let the guilt and the shame cripple him. He chose to leave behind who he had been. That's my first ask of you today, is to live on journey with Christ, is to be able to leave behind your bad decisions. A lot easier said than done. If you're like me, you grew up in, a, in, a, in an environment where you, you were taught about the gospel of Jesus. And so it's easy for you to believe in a God who forgives. The problem is, is I, for the longest time, didn't know how to forgive myself. I, I somehow figured out this weird thing of God forgave me, but then I spent years beating myself up for the decisions I made the choices I did, how I uh, hurt people or uh, hurt circumstances or just live recklessly, right? To walk with, with Christ is to be able to not keep looking back at those bad decisions, to leave them behind. That doesn't mean I don't every once in a while remember them. Be Like, thank you, Lord. (laughs) But I don't dwell on them. They don't captivate my heart and mind. They don't diminish my hope in the present and the future. I leave them behind. I have no doubt today I am talking to people who are not unlike me, And maybe this is a word you need to hear today. You did what you did. You can't change it. But the gospel of Jesus Christ says he forgives it. He calls you to forgive yourself. And he calls you to leave it behind. Your present will be preoccupied and your future will be clouded if you don't just Come to a place to choose to let it go. Walking with Jesus does not include beating yourself up all the time. doesn't include beating yourself up. It means leaving it behind. The other thing is, from Paul's life, and and obviously something that we deal with, is um, Paul also left behind all the junk that he had suffered. I, I mean... We tend to think of him like, whoo. I mean, the guy's life was go to a town, preach about good news, get rocks thrown at you, be imprisoned, be persecuted, be threatened, and almost die, have to escape, go to the next town, do this good thing, be persecuted. I mean, if anybody could be a little bitter about the whole thing, I think it was Paul. I think it'd be easy for him to look at God and say, really, you called me to this, and now every town I go to, it seems like I'm having to run. I'm imprisoned. I mean, his, the injustice toward Paul was large. And he said, I just leave that behind. I don't dwell on it. I believe that he models for us the call of God to leave behind our past hurt. And injustice. He teaches us that nursing those things, to continue to engage those things, is like someone trying to run a race and looking behind. Two researchers, Noreen and McLeod, said this autobiographical memory is so vivid. It's so rich. It's going to be incredibly difficult to keep from mind those sorts of events that you personally experience. I say amen. I've seen it. I know that what I'm talking to you about is not, you know, uh, easy peasy. I get it. But I would tell you that if you want to live in vibrant, consistent relationship with Jesus, and go where he wants you to go, and live the life that he has, the abundant life he has planned for you. And if you want your present to not be preoccupied, and your future to not be clouded, there comes a place and a time where you have to leave that behind. You just do. It wasn't right. I'm with you, 100%. You didn't deserve it. I'm with you, 100%. all true but what are you going to do about it God actually can bring us to a place in relationship with him that we can begin to leave that stuff behind I'm not going to lie to you and say uh, come down here say a prayer and it'll we all know that that's not the reality But as we begin to leave it behind, God continues to be able to do incredible healing. Amen? But we have to choose to say, okay, all the boxes are checked. This stinks. (laughs) But I'm going to leave it behind. The last thing I think is important to mention, and I just think it's important because Paul modeled this, is Leave behind your past successes. I mean, if anybody could brag, it's Paul. Without God, he was pretty accomplished. He figured out life, and he knew how to climb the ladder, and he knew how to be the who's who. And then with Christ, I mean, he received revelations from God that he witnessed to. that honestly said, you know, he had a thorn in the flesh. God had to like kind of keep him humble because he saw so much glory of what God had done and who he was. I mean, he had, and yet repeatedly in this autobiography of his, he's saying, I haven't attained, I haven't arrived, I'm still pressing on. And I think that's important for us to remember, we leave behind our past successes. Our successes can give us confidence in God's character, but our past successes are just past successes. The walk with God was created for today present present successes present victories you ever seen those again sports guy sports analogy bear with me if you don't like sports but you can probably identify you ever go into those old those gyms or go to those arenas and this team boy they were a powerhouse in the 70s and 80s now nothing's happened since night i'm thinking of one school in particular i lived in that state for 10 years I'm not going to say. <laughs> you guys can guess. No, I'll just do it. Like, I don't care if they see it. Indiana basketball, right? I mean, Indiana basketball won five national championships, and they thought they were God's gift to basketball. They haven't won anything for 30-something years. And for the longest time, a lot of it was because they just lived in their past successes. Like, Yeah, remember that? Their their thing was, remember that time? God's story in your life is, do you know what's happening right now? You can look back and say, that was great. But God's fresh, and he's new. And his spirit is, if you're on journey with him, it's about today. You can't, you need to leave behind the past, successes even. Let it give you confidence, but don't dwell in it, live in it, look at it, look behind at it. Remember what Paul, or whoever wrote Hebrews, we're not sure, said this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And this idea is almost like a runner who would put a weight on his ankle and try to run with a weight. He's like, take the weight off. You run a lot better and a lot farther. And the past is one of those weights that So easily entangles us. He says, "Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. You know how hard it is to run with perseverance when you carry the weight of your past? Like, I used to do crossfit. I know you don't believe that, but I did. And, uh, and um, I remember these crazy guys that would come in, and they would just challenge themselves, and they would throw on these flak jackets. Like, they'd put on 40 extra pounds. Like, you guys are nuts. Like, that's not the way. In our spiritual journey, trying to keep moving forward as fast as we can, weighted down, it's wearisome, it's tiresome. You're, you're so tempted to quit, and oftentimes we do. And a lot of times that weight that we carry is our, is our past. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Again, where your eyes are is the direction you're supposed to go. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. And so my question for you today is this. What do you choose to leave behind so that your present isn't preoccupied and your future isn't clouded? Listen, we we live in this life where You and I are not perfect. We're going to make a mistake. We're going to have an error in judgment. We're going to make a bad decision. We live in a fallen world where people do bad things. Why do bad things happen to good people? That whole thing, right? It just happens. You're going to be mistreated. Life is unfair. What I'm talking to you about is a practice that has to come into the life of a one who stays on journey with Jesus the ability to leave it behind to not dwell and so i know i'm talking to every one of you today maybe it's something you have not left behind for years and today's maybe a, uh, the holy spirit speaking to you about it's time or it's been time and you can do it mm-hmm. or maybe it's something that's coming up and It's new. It's fresh. We all are going to have that. Journey with Jesus is learning how to leave it behind. And so my ask of you today, everyone in the room, is there's paper in front of you. There's a little strip of paper in the seats in front of you. There's a pencil and a pen. And I'm asking you, I'm going to give you a few moments just prayerfully. Would you write down something that you know you need to leave behind? Maybe it's from yesterday or maybe it's from 20 years ago. I don't know. And guess what? This isn't going to be the last thing you need to leave behind. But it's the present thing. It's the current thing. The joy of walking with Jesus now is being willing to leave those things behind. Will you write down something? Maybe some of you are like, I need about 10 sheets. Well, if you need them, do it. But... I'm just asking you to write one. I'm asking you to to practice something that actually is what God wants us to learn how to have a rhythm in our life, to leave behind. I'm asking you to prayerfully write down something that you're willing to commit to God today that Lord, by your help and your grace, I'm gonna start to leave that behind. I'm not gonna dwell on it. I'm not gonna let it distract me. I'm not gonna allow it to preoccupy my present and cloud my future. And I'm saying today that, Lord, by your help, I'm going to start doing that. I want you to write it down. When you're done writing it down, fold it up. I'm going to ask you to come forward as an act of consecration, as an act of faith, as a testimony. Lord, I'm coming up. I'm putting this. No one's reading these, okay? I promise you. Just put it in there and then go back to your seat and we're going to close with a prayer of consecration. i want to give you a few moments. What is it that you need to leave behind? I practiced this this week, earlier in the week. I did it, I had our staff do it, they're in the boxes. Lord, I'm having trouble, I keep peeking back at this, and I know that going forward, I can't, I'm at risk of falling, of crashing, of quitting. I just wanna leave it behind, leave it behind. I'm not telling you, you write this down, you'll never remember it again, that's not forget, forget is to intentionally choose to not dwell on it, to leave it behind. I'm going to give you a few moments to just prayerfully consider what that is in your life. As you finish, you're welcome to start to come up and put it in the box. stand with me this morning as we pray a prayer of consecration as we leave this morning. Our Father, we've heard your word. We want to practice what it is to forget what is behind. We're not trying to erase our memory, but we are knowing that you're calling us to not dwell in the past, to leave it behind, to move forward, Lord, help us wherever we're at in that journey. Sometimes it it does take some, some, some thorough healing and we acknowledge that, Lord, but we're starting now to do wherever we need to do to begin to leave it behind. Lord, you're calling us into fresh, new, today walk with you a present that's not preoccupied by the past and a future that isn't clouded by the past it's it's shining bright so lord i i just ask that everything that has been committed to you and consecrated to you that you would give such overwhelming strength and grace and the help of your holy spirit in these matters. I believe that if we'll leave these things behind, we'll only grow in relationship with you. So Lord, today begin to help us on that. Help us with these things. May it become a practice in our life of knowing what it is to leave behind. Bad decisions, hurt, injustice, even successes Pray all these things in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people would say, amen. Have a great week. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.